Carter Brown Mysteries. Adventures in excitement and suspense. Based on the best-selling novels by the slick storytelling sensation, Carter Brown. The deeper I delved into the setup, the more it made mystery. It was turning out a king-sized problem for a private eye called King. My big bewilderment was concerned with a date, the 18th, on which something was supposed to happen, which everyone was worried about in one way or another. But I figured I stood a fair chance of finding out what the 18th meant after the ultimatum I had delivered to Marcia Oliver. I was due to call on her at midnight when I hoped all would be explained. Meantime, I headed for the precinct to pick up my car, which had been impounded from in front of Povey's office. After a long explanation to the police about sick relatives and a $20 fine, I got the Dodge back, and then it was close enough to midnight and Marcia. Oh, it's you. It's not my twin brother. You couldn't have a twin brother. There couldn't be two mistakes like you. You know, Marcia, you're sweet, like cyanide candy. Cut the compliments and come in. You phrased the invitation so tenderly, I can't resist. I'm glad, pal. Just stand nice and still. This is a hair trigger and my finger's twitching. Shut the door, Marcia. Sure. We've been waiting for you, pal. Well, that's nice of you, Rodney. It's going to be even nicer. I'm going to relieve you of your gun. Then your coat will fit better. That's not my gun. It's my tailor. I'll have it anyway. I'd hate to put temptation in your in your path. Eh, that's better. You know, Roger, I'm surprised you forgot about Rodney so quickly. Honey, I'm even more surprised. I must be slipping. That can happen when a guy gets close to his end. I've still got a way to go. Have you? Well, I thought I had, but I guess I could be wrong. You certainly could, pal. You know... You're a guy who keeps looking for trouble. Uh-uh. It keeps looking for me. You should have kept moving south when you got off that yacht. A guy can't be that lucky twice. I suppose not. Yeah, you're a problem, pal. But not too big a one for a guy with brains. Now, where is he? I don't see don't him. Don't get smart, King. Sorry. You see, our problem with you is this. While you're still around, you're liable to tell Palvey things we don't want him to know. He's got a nasty, suspicious mind. So, what are we going to do? Let's think it over for the next fortnight. Murder isn't a rap I'd care to risk. I'm glad to hear you say that. <laughs> I'll bet you are. You haven't heard at all, pal. I'm listening. Tell me this. Where does Palvey think you are now? Well, I guess he... That's right, pal. He thinks you're under the water with the rest of the boys who were on his yacht. So maybe you can figure the answer to our problem now, huh? If it's what I think it is. You get the prize, pal. All I have to do is put you back where you belong, under the water, and nobody's going to miss you. And if anyone does, that's Palvey's worry, not mine. You're forgetting one thing, Rodney. When I took that sea voyage, it was planned very suddenly. So suddenly that I didn't have a chance to shift my car from outside Palvey's office. So what? So the police impounded it after it had been there a couple of days. I don't get it. Guess when I paid 20 bucks to get it back. When? Exactly 45 minutes ago. So if you knock me off... It's not going to be Pulvey's worry. It's going to be yours. The police know I was alive an hour ago. You're lying. Wait a minute, Rodney. He's not. 
I remember seeing a car driven away from out front of the office. What model is it, Roger? Blue Dodge, 49, sedan. Well, that's it. I saw it. Of all the rotten... No language in front of the lady. Rodney, this changes the whole thing. What are we going to do? I don't know. Well, I think I do. Huh? Let's have another look at this thing. Now that I've proved I'd be a nuisance if you killed me, what about a deal? Such as? You tell me what happens on the 18th, and I'll tell you what I know. How about that? What's your angle, King? I'm not working for anyone. I decided tonight to resign from my latest employer, so I've just got a large slice of curiosity after Povey tried to get rid of me. Whatever's behind it, there must be dough in it. And I'm not the sort of guy to look sideways at a buck. I'm not even ready to quarrel whether it's a, an honest buck or not. Oh. Marcia, what do you think? That might be a proposition, Rodney. That's one sure way of keeping his mouth shut between now and the 18th. And we could use someone else that might make the job easier. Yeah. Yeah, you could be right at that. Okay, King, I'm putting the gun away. It's a deal. Fine. How about a drink to clinch it? I've got a kind of dry feeling. <laughs> I'll bet with my gun staring you in the face. Yeah, fix the drinks, baby. Sure. Now, it's pretty lucky for you, King. That business about the cops in your car. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> You'd have been laying around the bottom of the sea without it. Forget that, Rodney. Here are the drinks. Thanks. You'll forgive me if I don't wait. Hey, I needed that. Okay, Rodney, suppose you give with the story now. Sure. Well, first of all, Palvey. Overseas Enterprises Incorporated, his import-export business, is just a sideline. His real work is jewelry. Palvey's one of the finest craftsmen in the world. Now, when anybody's got something really valuable they want altered or fixed, they take it along to Palvey. He's kept his name pretty quiet for obvious reasons. Of course. He wouldn't want the boys who collect that kind of stuff illegally to get to hear about him. Next, we come to a dame, the Baroness von Oltz. You ever heard of her, King? No. Well, you should have. She owns the Carmel Royne Diamond Pendant. I've heard of that. She bought it for half a million dollars. They say it's worth more now. Must be nice to have money. The Baroness arrived here a couple of days ago. It was in the papers. I never read the social columns. You should. Then you might have figured what that date means, the 18th. You see, on the 18th, there's a ball being held in honor of the Baroness von Oltz. Everybody who's anybody in town will be there. And the Baroness will be wearing her pendant. Daylight breaks through. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. On the 18th, you aim to snatch the Baroness's pendant. I'm correcting you. Palvey aims to have it snatched. What? I may not be the brightest private eye in the business, but that doesn't sound smart to me. You haven't heard the half of it. I hope not. To snatch a pendant like that, you have to love it for its own sake. Nobody would touch it. It'll be too hot. Sure, you're 100% right. Well? Well, it so happens that when the Baroness arrived here, she found the clip on the pendant needed some attention. So who does she send it to? I'll guess. Polvey? Polvey. The expert who, luckily enough, lives right here. And Polvey has the pendant for three days, with cops and guards sitting all over the joint. So what? You're getting hard to follow, Rodney. It'll clear up. Now, get this. When Palvey knows he's getting the pendant to work on, he makes an imitation pendant, a pretty good one. Not so good that it'll fool the experts, but good enough to fool the Baroness. When the time comes for him to return the pendant, he's going to return the imitation and hang on to the original. How does he figure he's going to get away with that? How long does he think it'll take before the Baroness finds out she's got a phony? That's right. So Palvey is arranging to have the fake pendant snatched at the ball on the 18th. Oh. You get it now? He has the fake snatched. Then he waits for the insurance company to offer a reward. 
It's insured for $300,000. And the insurance company won't think there's anything unusual about the pendant being offered to them through a jeweler. <laughs> I tell you, this Palvey character has some ideas. Very neat. So he collects the insurance on the diamond without having to worry about disposing of it, which he couldn't do anyway, seeing it's so well known. It's really one for the books, isn't it? You said it, Marcia. But where do you and Rodney come into it? That's simple. I'm the guy Palvey's paying to do the snatch. Yeah? Well, that's interesting. Isn't it? But not as interesting as the setup between you and Marcia. From what I overheard earlier tonight, neither of you exactly care for Pulvey. You're going to say that again. So my brilliant mind leaps to the conclusion that maybe you two are planning a little piece of double-cross? Right on the button, pal. We got it planned rather cutely, even though I say it myself. You see, I'll be at the ball, and so will Pulvey. But while we're busy there, Marcia will be paying Pulvey's office a visit and collecting the real pendant. And then? Then we fade quietly into the wide blue yonder until we can collect from the insurance company. <laughs> so that's it, Roger. How do you like it? It doesn't sound a bad proposition. There's only one thing I don't understand, and that's Elise St. Crease and her boyfriend, Johnny. Who? Elise St. what? Who's she? Marcia, you better pour another drink while I tell you. <laughs> While they sipped their drinks, I went through the story from the beginning. How Polvey hired me to follow Elise, and how she hired me to follow him, with all the details. Right up to where we are now. When I finished, Rodney looked at Marcia, and they both looked at me. I don't like the sound of that. This St. Crease dame and her sidekick must be after the pendant, too. You'll have to watch out for them, Rodney. Don't worry, I'm going to. We're all going to. What's the situation right now? Well, today's the 16th. Palvey's due to give the fake pendant to the Baroness tomorrow, the day before the ball. Uh-huh. So now we just wait till the day after tomorrow. Yeah. Well, it seems to me that this Elise increase around, it, it might be a good idea if I went with Marcia when she collects the real pendant from Palvey's office. Yeah, yeah, it might be at that. I'll think about it and let you know. Fine. Now, if it's okay with you, I think I need some sleep. Sure. Oh, just one thing. Yeah? I sleep better with a gun under my pillow. Can I have mine back? Sure. I'll even hand it to you, but first. After all, we're partners now, aren't we? The social columns of the papers next morning were full of nothing but the Baroness von Oltz and the coming ball. There was no photograph, but they gave the name of the hotel she was staying at. After coffee, I took a ride over to it. I wanted an interview with the Baroness. But when I climbed out of the elevator, four quiet-looking characters moved up to me, and one of them did the talking. Yes? I want to speak to the Baroness von Oltz. What's your business? I'm Roger King, a private detective. My business is private and urgent. Sorry, Mr. King, the Baroness is seeing nobody. I, I tell you, it's important. We've got our orders. You've heard what they are. Yeah, but I tell you... Please, Mr. King, don't make a scene. There's only one of you, and there are four of us. So I see, but... Say, who's that? Hmm? That woman who just walked out of that door and crossed the hall. That, that is the Baroness herself. It is? <laughs> well, in that case, let's forget the whole thing. I'll go. <laughs> Something amusing you? Uh-huh. And it's no good explaining why, except to say that she may be the Baroness von Oltz to you. But to me, she's Elise St. Crease. Uh -huh. 